Ladies and gentlemen of the uh, the junk band radio community, I'd like to welcome to uh, my show a guy I've been a fan of his music and his stylings for quite some time. It's uh, this is Damon Johnson, and he's got a brand new record out called Memories of an Uprising. How you doing, man? Welcome to Junk Band Radio. Thanks, Junk Man. I'm doing really good. I've been looking forward to talking to you. Thanks good. for uh, thanks for giving me a little time. Absolutely You're awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise, man. Um, you got this killer record, man. You got after all these things. Uh, you know, for a lot of our people that don't know about Damon, you've seen him play with Alice Cooper. You've seen him play uh, with, he had this great band about 20 years ago called uh, Brother Kane that really just blew people's minds whenever I had ever talked about them or I'd seen them. And a lot of other things that Damon's done, but you've decided, is this going to be your first solo record here, man? I guess it's really my first proper one, Junkman. Uh-huh. I've put out a couple of acoustic records uh, over the last decade, and uh, I put out a really great live record uh, just a couple years ago that I did with my band um, down in my hometown of Birmingham, Alabama. But mm-hmm. this is the first one that I've put out with any real, you know, proper focus, man. I got some good people helping me, talking about the record, reaching out to some radio, and uh you know, it's great to reconnect with people like yourselves that do have some awareness, you know, of of what I did back in the day with Brother King, because this is, this is my return to the microphone, as well as, you know, I've always played lead guitar, but um, kind of got away from that center microphone for quite some time, so it feels great to be back in that and doing it full-time now. Now, was there a reason for doing that? You just decided, you know what, I just don't feel like shredding my voice every single night. I'd rather just shred my necks on my guitar. Or is that was... <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great reason right there. I like that, actually. Well. Um, you know, Junkman, it's interesting. Brother Kane kind of called it a day in t- early 2000. Yeah. Uh, end, of, end of 99, early 2000. And I kind of was aimless uh, for a couple of years. And then, uh, I got the phone call to, uh, to play guitar with Alice Cooper, which, which says a lot, man. (laughs) It's amazing, man. Yeah. It turned into a great, you know, five or six year experience with him. And then in 2011, I got another call and this time to join my, you know, just my teenage dream band of Thin Lizzy. Yeah. So, so I joined Thin Lizzy on guitar. So my point is, is like, really for the better part of the last almost 15 years, man, it's been nice to play guitar in a situation where I wasn't under all the pressure, having to make all the decisions. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of easy to show up. Somebody hands you a perfectly tuned guitar. Yep. You got, you got on your leather pants and your badass jacket <laughs> and you just rock out and then you hand it back to that dude and you do it the next day after sleeping in a nice hotel room or or a nice tour bus. So, you know, my family and I, we, we enjoyed that experience for a little while, but I never lost that desire to write songs. I I always had that, I guess you would call it an itch, you know, where you would think, Oh, I I got this new idea. So, you know, really after, the Thin Lizzy thing, Thin Lizzy morphed into Black Star Riders, which I'm sure you know about that band. Actually, yeah, well. I saw you guys in Vegas last year, and I photographed the show. So, Oh, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Well, that experience was so fulfilling on a lot of levels, not the least of which um, our great frontman, Ricky Warwick, he sure. and I wrote the bulk of those songs together. So that really got that muscle, I feel, back in shape for me, uh-huh. man. Uh-huh. 
so about a year and a half ago, I started writing a batch of brand new songs, and so that ultimately turned into Memoirs of an Uprising, and here we are talking about it, and I've just decided to do this full-time now, and I'm really happy. Well, that's awesome. That was that was going to lead into my next question. I, I was going to say, when did you start writing this material? Was this during that time when you were playing guitar for all these other bands, or is this kind of recent? You know, just a, a recent memoir, so to speak. Yeah, man. All of the all of these songs are brand new. Uh, nine of the ten songs are mm-hmm. brand new, and um, I have a great old friend, a dear friend uh, from back in the early days in Birmingham in the early nineties. His name is Jim Troglin, and I reached out to Jim. Our wives are best friends. Our kids are best friends. And I said, "Hey, man, I got this idea. I got a bunch of lyrics, and what do you think?" And he said, "Let's go." So really quickly, man, the, the the stuff started coming fast and furious. So uh, I, I have to really extend some gratitude to him because he, he could tell, man, that I was focused, that I had something I wanted to say. And, uh, you know, he helped me bring that to fruition and, and was super patient and and really excited through the whole process. In and, terms and of being, kind of, in, in terms of being a producer, or just as a co-writer, or all the above. Just as a just as a co-writer. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I wound up producing the record myself, um, and that's, I guess, in its way, a whole other story. I, I moved to Nashville about six years ago, and there's so many great studios here. Oh yeah, and players, great, great players. Yeah. So a lot of that process of making a record junk man was really simplified for me. And, you know, after doing this for so many years, man, you learn a few additional skills besides just performing or writing songs. You know, I can get around the Pro Tools computer pretty good, and I can mic up a, you know, a 412 Marshall cabinet. And <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy doing some of that work myself. So it kind of kept everything fun. Uh, it was economical. All of that kind of fed into this whole experience, man. And, you know, when I started the record, I I, I just figured it would be another kind of side project in the midst of my commitments with Black Star Riders. And I'm not going to kid you, man. I mean, it's like the more I got into the songs and things started coming to completion, I, I was fired up. I was like, man, this stuff is good. It feels great singing it. My band is amazing. My solo band, all longtime friends of mine, guys that are right here in my backyard. And the simplicity of that is more motivating than I can tell you because uh, I spent a lot of time in getting my passport stamped up completely. <laughs> You're out of pages. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm out of pages. So uh, it's, it's nice, man. Well, you're, yeah, men- I'm really in- you're mentioning it. your buddies in the band. Now, did they take part in the recording process, or are they strictly going to be a road band? Or, you know, if you don't, you know, we can get into that as we want. I want to I want to definitely get right into the record. So why don't you let Thank us know? Thank you, man. No, 100%. 100% my guys played on the record. Uh, I never... I never considered doing it any other way. They're well, you know, you're down players. in Nashville and all where all these guys are. You never know, you know. So. Well, yeah, I mean, look, there's no doubt. I I could have, you know, there's a dozen just monster world-class drummers. Yeah, and it's, a whole new wrecking, and, it's a whole new wrecking crew, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everyone is here. Yeah. But I've just had so much fun playing with these guys off and on over the last three years that when it came time to make this record, I could almost hear it in my head with them playing it anyway. Well, let's give them so, some props. Who do you got? 
Who's playing on the record with you, man? Yeah, man. My drummer is originally from Bakersfield, California, and his name is Jared Pope. Jared and I worked together in a, a band I was in for a couple of years called Whiskey Falls. That's when I met him. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that if, if, if things ever presented, you know, just itself, like, wow, that guy can play anything. I could play any genre with him. Cause that's another thing about my music junk, man. I'm a, I'm a bit of a hot mess. You know, <laughs> it's like, cause I love to rock out. I love to get melancholy and bring the dynamics back. I like to, hit hard i like to get weird you know all of the above and jared's the perfect drummer for that man because he's he's done all of that himself um on bass guitar i have another guy that's really kind of a lifelong nashvillian his name is tony nagy and uh one of my best friends is uh and, uh, and has been for decades man is chuck garrick chuck plays i know bass chuck in, very well in the yeah Al- yeah Super Band. Band. so chuck is always my first call for anything and he had just started putting together his Bisto Blanco thing mm-hmm. when um, I first put this these guys together a couple years back. And he said, listen, I just saw this guy playing a little club downtown in Nashville. He goes, Damon, he's the best bass player I've ever heard in my life. you got to call this guy. And that was Tony. And uh, so I got Tony on the bass. And then I have another Tony, Tony Higby, on guitar. And... Uh, it's worth mentioning that Tony Higby and my drummer Jared also play in Tom Kiefer's band. Oh wow! From Cinderella. Yeah, Tom, yeah. Tom is my neighbor. He lives just down the street here in West Nashville. <laughs> where we live. I gotta so, get down there, man. <laughs> it's great here, brother. Like this, this really incestuous, awesome rock rock and roll community. Yeah. Um, you know, we love all the musicality that Nashville offers. And we, we, uh, embrace that. We support that. We, we hail that, but it's just cool that there's some guys that, that love rock and roll that are here and, and, you know, just kind of straightforward rock. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's probably some heavy metal guys here and there's probably some alternative guys here. Lots of country guys as well. Of course, you know, everything, everything, all of of that for sure, man. But, you know, Brad Whitford's down the street. Tom Peterson, I see him every time I go to the airport. It's great. You know, stuff like that. So it's, it's exciting. That's awesome. It's really man. cool. Well, let's get into this record, man. I mean, the lead track, Shivering, Shivering. I've been cranking it up and blasting it out in the car on the way down here, and I, I can't wait to turn our listeners onto onto this. Uh, what can you tell us about this particular song? Thank you so much, Junk Man. Shivering was one of the first songs that Jim and I brought to completion and I had sent him an email with some kind of freeform lyrics. And the cool thing about writing with Jim is it's not like, okay, well, I write the music and he writes the words. It's not like that at all. We we're both really experienced at the whole thing. So there's a great back and forth. There's never anything but an openness and a commitment trying to make the song special and have it say something maybe that hasn't been said before. So he sent this thing back to me. He was literally beating on the kitchen table <laughs> and, and almost mumbling into the microphone. And I don't know how else to describe it other than to say the thing he sent back to me, I could hear the entire track in three dimensions, you know, in my head. I was like, man, this is, 
killer. This is exactly, this is more than I could have dreamt of for this idea. This is so special. And so it became really, I, I feel like, kind of the springboard for, you know, the next seven or eight songs that came after that. I knew I was sitting on something that I was deeply excited about. And so, I you know, what does that tell you? That, you know, after going through the whole process, 10 songs, record it, mix it, master it, get it ready to release, and then everybody in my world goes, hey, this song's shivering, shivering. That's the track. That's the one we should come with first. It's just wild, man, how that works, you know, well, because... That was one of the first songs. It's like a new child for you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's exactly. <laughs> hey, and I know a thing or two about new children because I have five. Well, there so you go. <laughs> I know, I know what that feels like. This so, yeah, that's a great, great analogy. This one will stack the deck, man. So let's crank it up. So, all right. Uh, well, this is brand new from Damon Johnson. It's uh, from the record "Memoirs of an Uprising," and uh, it's the lead track. It's called "Shivering, Shivering." And uh, Damon, hang on the line. We'll be back with you in just a moment or so. We're going to crank it up right here on Junk Band Radio. Shivering, shivering. Brand new from Damon Johnson. We'll be back with Damon in just a moment. Something's got me all shivering, shivering. I'm seeing double and I'm bending shapes. I'm having visions all trembling, trembling. Nodding off and I'm switching lanes. And oh, it's unsettling. I can tell I'm out of range I can tell things are different, different She's got a way that I can't explain Something's got me all shivering, shivering I'm hearing voices, my direction's changed And no, it's unsettling did I drift away? 
all chivalry, chivalrin'. I'm seeing double and I'm bending shapes. I'm having visions all trembling, trembling. I'm nodding off and I'm switching lanes. Space between the lines. Radio, Junk Band Radio, brand new from Damon Johnson from Memoirs of an Uprising. That one's called Shivering, Shivering. Nice work, my friend. Thank you, man. That sounds pretty good, even over the telephone. That sounds really good. <laughs> well, you know, hey, that's you know that's come, become the new media piece these days too. Is people's telephone, you know? So you know they plug it into the car, or they take it with them. They got the little Bluetooth speaker. So yeah, the telephone has become like the preamp, you know? Well, I'll tell you something too, man. I I love what is happening in music in 2019. Yeah, me too. As far as how people get their music, how they listen, the whole streaming thing, I'm telling you, it, it has played such a role. I, I really believe this, Junkman. It's true. In, in bringing me back to just wanting to be an artist again, because there's nothing that I can't pull up at my fingertips instantly. Yep. And if, and if I want to reference some old blues track from the 50s that my dad used to listen to, or I want to hear some obscure Pixies track from the early 90s when we were into those guys. So and you can find it. And then you could find a remix or a live version of it you never even knew existed. You know? Yeah, man. That's and then you so add to that, like, digital radio. I mean, yeah. it's like yeah, it's Tom Petty. I, I'm, I, I worship Tom Petty. You yep. know, so it's like... It's like I can have a I can go to music school every day on the commute while I'm taking kids to school. They're uh, you know they're always listening to their headphones, and so I just crank up whatever I want. And I, so it's it's really been good for for my art, for my for my writing, and for the things I want to do going forward. So it's exciting to know that people can access my music in that, in sure, that exact sure. same way. Again, as I was telling you, man, as soon as they said that you had a solo record, it's like I want to I want I want to I want this now. And I, and thank thanks to your publicist for getting it to me, dude. But uh, yeah, it's cool. I really, really like you know that kind of the, like the like the chunky guitar beginning just gets your heartbeat going. You know what's coming, and then bam, it hits you. And that's something you've done quite a bit in your career. I've noticed. You know, it's got that that Gibsony kind of you know balls to it, for lack of well, other yeah, words. Well, yeah, I mean. You know? that's- the Gibson is always in hand. Yep. You know, it's been it's been my guitar of choice since long before Brother Kane even. So mm-hmm. um but I appreciate that description sure. that you just you just said there. Um you know, a lot of times, man, I'll start a song on an acoustic guitar. Not that I intend for it to remain on the acoustic, but mm-hmm. it simplifies things and keeps me focused a bit more on the melody, the vocal melody and the lyric. Because I just feel like, look, man, if it's a, if it's a good song, if we if we can complete a, a good song, then we'll pick up the electric guitar and take it to a whole other level that we don't even 
we can't even fathom yet. But let's make sure that the quality story is there. Then let's plug it in and get and get loud with it and and see what we can evolve it. Man, into. I'm telling you, it's uh, it's just uh, yeah, it's you. It comes right out of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm proud. You know, seriously, man. Thank you for playing Shivering. It's sure. Um, I've I've written a lot of songs, brother, in the last thirty years, and I just can't recall another one of my own songs that I have enjoyed listening back to as long as I have. I still listen. I mean, I just had it on at the gym this morning. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, well, you know, it's it just I, I'm. I just feel like it's uh, it's exactly where I want to be. Well, in 2019, good. Damon Johnson, what represents where he's at, what he wants to do. I just feel like it's the it's the perfect track. So it's uh, it's an honor, man, to talk to you and and have you play this stuff. I I really appreciate it. Well, let's uh, pick out another track and tell us uh, which which one and why. Well, the easy and and just this is. This is easily my second favorite track on the record. It's song two on the record, and it is arguably the greatest title for a rock and roll song. <laughs> I was going to ask you about it. <laughs> in the history of music, um, the song is called Dallas Could Have Been a Beatdown. <laughs> now, you think and, right off the bat, football reference, right? You know, well, you know you what? Go, I have a, or maybe I, Vinny, Vinny and Dimes Club down there, you know? <laughs> listen, man, I have a buddy in Dallas, uh, you know, season ticket holder with the Cowboys. That right. was the first words out of his mouth. He's right. like, "Bro, I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to get this to Jerry Jones. He's got to, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like Jerry Jones has time to make decisions about the music they play exactly. in the uh, in the stadium. But again, man, a lot of credit to Jim, my my collaborator. He threw that title at me one day, and at first I laughed. You know, it was just so funny. I'm like, who the hell says that? You know, Dallas could have been a beatdown. But then we started messing around with this piece of music that was fat and heavy, and it kind of reminded me of one of my favorite Hendrix songs is off of Axis Bold as Love called Spanish Castle Magic. Right, right. And there's a there's a funky chord that he plays in that song, man. That I I borrowed for kind of the first thing you hear in the song. And um, so, you know, this it's this weird almost narrative. It's it's almost like a like a crime movie. The lyric it's a it's a story of murder and betrayal and revenge and. You know, this guy is about to go all the way through with this this idea he has, and you know, right at the last minute he stops. But the way we tell the story, the way we set it up, it's just so much fun, man. It's just so much fun to write a song like that, and then stack it with this fat riff. And uh, bonus information, junk man. The the guitar solo, hands down, is is, is my favorite guitar moment on the whole record the solo on dallas could have been a beat down i it, you know it, it's almost got this zz top tempo nothing to wrong with song. that man <laughs> yeah man so i just remember being excited you know i had a big star next to the title i was like i can't wait till we're at that point in the process of playing the guitar solos I, i'm i'm really looking forward to that and uh 
I just love it, man. And it's a perfect song for you, brother, and your show. Yeah. Uh, it's a great fit, without a doubt. Dallas could have been a beatdown. Well, that's a perfect opening for it right there, man. It's, you just you sounded like a DJ when you did it right there. So <laughs> there you go. I can't say anything else other than, dude, let's just get into it right now. This is brand new from Damon. Let's go get into this track. We'll be back with you in just a moment because I want to I wanna crank this up right here. You got me all stoked, dude. <laughs> so, awesome. All right. Hey, again, this is Damon Johnson's brand new uh, song. It's called Dallas Could Have Been a Beatdown. You're listening right here on Junk Man Radio. Crank this up. We'll be back with Damon in just a moment. Dallas, Texas. Three, four. City lights high up on this flight. I know he's down below. Mama said, pick and choose your fights. Brings a tear to my eyes. Cause this hurt I'ma bring real slow. All this earth that we walk is filled with so much talk. And I wonder if he knows. Yes, I'm close. I told myself I'd never stalk him. Down. 
Junk Band Radio, brand new, again, from Damon Johnson. And that one's called Dallas Could Have Been a Beatdown. <laughs> Dude, you are so right about that title and, uh, and, and what's going on with that song, man. It's, it's awesome. Well, uh, thank you, man. It's so fun to hear it. Uh, I, 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 I just love it, you know. It's another track like Shivering, man. I love every component of it. Yep. Uh, funny, funny little side note story. There's a passage in the guitar solo that I completely lifted from the legendary Steve Lukather. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luke's um, got so many licks, you have to. <laughs> bro, Luke is one of the all-time undeniable badass guitar players in the history of guitar players. I agree. And uh, it really a big influence on my playing, especially in my younger days. So I lifted this passage from from a track um, on their Toto 4 album, and I, I sent him the song. And I didn't ask permission. I just said, hey, bro, I stole it. So if you want to <laughs> step to me, come on, you know, come after me. <laughs> I can hear him now. Well, you know, man. Uh, you know, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Bro. It's cool, man. I get it. Well, you know, I'm you honored. know, Luke, man. <laughs> yeah, he loved good. it. He was so he he was laughing. Just it was great. It was great. So uh, I have to definitely some some bonus credit to to Luke. Yeah. Well, tell you what, are you going to be taking a lot of this out on the road? Uh, that was going to be my next question to you. I most definitely am, brother. Um, you know, kind of the approach I'm taking is sort of the perpetual tour. Um. One of the things that attracted my family and I the most about Nashville is how these musicians here live their musical lives and kind of run their careers. They basically go out on the weekends yeah. and work. Yeah. And then they're home to have a normal life, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And for me still having, I got two kids, you know, still in grade school. One is 10, the other is 14. And, you know, so much of their lives, man, I've been gone. I've been traveling. And so it's another one of the big big components of my decision to be a solo artist now, Junkman, because, you know, I want to be around for them as much as I can, certainly more than I have been. And it's starting to happen exactly like we wanted it to. Um, you know, I was just, I did two shows this past weekend. My band and I flew to New York. Two weeks before that, we did two shows, came straight back home. I leave tomorrow. I'm actually going to Fresno tomorrow. You know, got like a three-show run back home. Bro, that's the life. That is the life for a guy like me that's been doing this forever, but that is a renowned family man and wants to really make that effort to, to find a little more of that balance. And, well, and we it, have that, man, and I love it. With that in mind, is, can you take your family on the road? Is it is it feasible to do that at this point? Well, well, I mean, as far as everything I've done previously, no, it wasn't feasible. Every once in a while, you know, like we could get the grandparents to watch the kids, and right. my wife would right. come with me to, to England, you know, to do a week of Thin Lizzy dates or Black Star Riders or whatever. But, you know, man, Kids have their own lives. They have their own schedules. They have school. They yep. got, you know, my son plays hockey. My daughter plays basketball, and she's in the drama team. And awesome. Just, you know, so they certainly can't just stop their lives to come and stand on the side of the stage and watch Dad jump around like a <laughs> like a lunatic. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's Dad! like um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trust me, I hear that more than you would believe. But. Uh, 
one little surprise we've got for our kids is um, I've booked a couple of acoustic appearances in Nassau, Bahamas. Oh, great. The week of their spring break, and we're taking them down there so they can go to that uh, that amazing resort called Atlantis. Yeah, Atlantis is awesome, man. Yeah, well, we've never been. They've uh, certainly never been. I so rode by it on a scooter. When the last time I was down in Nassau, I went on a couple of rock and roll cruises, and I rented scooters down there. We rode through that place, and it's just awesome. Yeah, they're going to have a yeah, great time. Yeah, same. Same, man. Yeah, we yeah. did a we did one of those ships and, uh, yep. and saw it, and I was like, whatever it takes, we got to bring the kids down here. So it's cool. going to happen, man, next cool. month. So, cool. you know, that's that's just where we're at in our lives right now and and, and excited about that. So... But there's no question this summer uh, we've got a couple festival opportunities that we're hoping get get confirmed and you know by all means man that's the that's the perfect scenario for for us all the guys in my band you know to bring the the wives or girlfriends and bring the kids and Good. we'll take a little road trip for three or four days and come right back home. Well, I can't and, wait! Uh, to, I can't wait to see you guys live anyway, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Now you know uh, you're gonna all you know obviously. You got to take some of your other material too. Would that include some of your older material and things like that in the set as well? The answer is definitely yes. Excellent, man. You know the fun thing about the set is there's nothing that I, I mean, there's nothing that I'm not proud of from my musical past. So, you know, we revisit tons of the Brother Kane stuff. Cool. Um, we we play three or four this three or four Thin Lizzy songs that we can pull out. A couple of Black Riders, Black Star Rider songs. Um, man, we do an Alice Cooper medley. Cool. It la- it lasts like twelve minutes. It's nine songs, bro. It will blow your mind. Yeah, I can't it wait. It will just blow your mind. And you know, and I just said, hey, I'm gonna, because it's hard to pick just one Alice, one or two Alice Cooper songs. So I went, you know what? I'm gonna pick my eight or nine favorites, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make a medley out of it. And that's exactly what I did. I brought it into the band. They loved it instantly. And, uh, you know, once you get some repetition of playing it a few times, that you, it's easy to, uh, it's like, it's just like a long song at that point. Uh, but there's a lot of twists and turns and, uh, we're actually going to play a show in Phoenix, uh, in May. And, uh, I'm hoping Coop is in town cause you know, I'm going to invite him to come down and see that. He'll, well, he'll get I a may have to make a road trip. If that's the case, I'll may definitely you be may <laughs> have to make a road trip, junk man. I'll keep you in the loop on that too, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. But, uh, Hey, we were talking about a song on the break that, uh, you wrote with a mutual friend of ours, that uh, went back a little bit. Uh, you're talking about the track glorious, correct? That's right. Glorious is a song that I wrote way back in 2010. It's the only old song on the album. And I wrote it with my great friend, Carrie Kelly, who is not only a Southern California legend. That he is. uh, But Carrie and I played in Alice Cooper's band uh, for a couple of years together. And he's played with everybody. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Carrie's literally played with everybody. I used and, to call uh, him a band whore when he was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's he's been ripping it up the last couple of years with Night Ranger, you know? So, yeah, he's been in Night Ranger for a while, man, and they, yep. that's such a good fit, yep. those guys. Those, yep. All those guys in Night Ranger are great people, and, and so Carrie's a great addition to that. And he just, typical Carrie, man, he's always writing he's always got ideas and he played a piece of music for me one day and it just spoke to me 
you know, I went, wow, bro, I love this. You mind if I have a go at some lyrics? You can hear him right now. Sure, brother, just take it, man. Whatever you think, brother, just yep. get back to me. It's always All it. good, yeah. Let's have some <laughs> beers and work it out. <laughs> that's that's perfect. <laughs> so th- that's what I did, man. I brought it home, and it was one of those lyrics that actually came pretty fast. You always, as a writer, you 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 always feel like the ones that come the fastest are typically the best. Mm-hmm. And I carried this song around with me that whole time because the fa- the year after we wrote the song is when I left Coop to join Thin Lizzy. So the song was just kind of sitting on my desk for what, seven years, six, seven years, long time. And I had the bulk of this new album and I was like, there's a little, there's some other energy I need that I don't have. And I was getting ready to try to write a brand new song. And I remembered glorious. I was like, wait a minute, this might be perfect. So, you know, the ver- the demo carrying I did was really primitive, you know, just like a drum machine and, you know, almost singing into our telephones kind of thing. So once I worked it up with the band, it was a slam dunk. I was like, oh, my God, this is beyond what I ever could have imagined. And uh, it almost has like this David Bowie modern love drum groove to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just thought that was a great color, you know, for any song. What, on a Damon Johnson solo record, you're going to, you're going to reference David Bowie? That's a win-win. Yeah. That's a win-win every time. Well, I'm yeah. a drummer, man. You just got me with the beginning of that because everything's on the one and the three. Kind of James, came James Brown kind of thing, you know, like a... You know, that type of thing. It, you just you just sang the intro to Glorious. That's Again. exactly what it feels like, man. So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, a lot of, lot of tempo, a lot of energy in this track, and uh, a lot of guitars on it, man. I flew in a lot of parts. It almost gets a little Brian May at times. There's some, <laughs> great, some great harmonies and, and things, man. I can't wait for you to check it out. Well, let's do that right now, man, and we'll come back with you in just a moment. How's that sound? So, Sounds killer. Let's Thank crank you. it up. All right. Well, again, it's uh, Damon Johnson, brand new from Damon. From Again, from Memoirs of, a, of an Uprising. What's a, what's a website that people can find out more information uh, Very easy, DamonJohnson.com. So, J-O-N-S-O-N. It's real simple. And, Correct. And D-A-M-O-N. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so. uh, everything's right there at your fingertips, brother. There's lots of information. The tour dates. My, my, uh, my store has everything. You can get this album on vinyl. I got a colored vinyl version that's just biblical. It's so gorgeous. Wow, I'll have to look for one um, of those. And then there's all kind, you know, all the music from really from my whole career is right there on my website. Awesome, man. Well, we'll be back with you in just a moment. Let's play a little glorious, brand new again from Damon off of Memoirs of an Uprising. Looking forward to this one. We'll be back with him in just a second. Stay on the line there, my friend. You got it. And we're right with it. Again, this is called Glorious. Crank this up. Junk Band Radio. Exploded, it's burned up in our hands. 
Junkman Radio, brand new, once again, from Damon Johnson, from Memoirs of an Uprising. That Thanks, one I mean is called David Glorious. Nice work, love. dude. I do, That's I do. The drums, man. Yeah, it got that whole that whole drum beat beginning and all the way through it. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. And, uh, uh, yeah, for sure, when you talk to KK, tell him that... Uh, that, that we showed him some love today of on the show. That's awesome. It's funny. I hear from him every now and then, you know, because he's like, you know, he's a road dog. He's on the road all the time. He's got lots of shows to do. But every now and then he'll say, you know, he'll tell me about, you know, meet him at his bar, Aces and Ales in Vegas. And uh, every time I go out there, he's on the road. So, I know. you know, it's, it's, it's like luck of the draw. Another Vegas reference. You know, it's like the luck of the draw to catch Carrie. So, you know. No, it is. Well, I'm so uh, I'm so proud of that song. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show you, man, uh, 
it's what the beautiful thing is about creating music, writing songs. You just just because you don't immediately put it out put it out to the world at that moment, it doesn't mean that you can't come back to it later or you know, it winds up on someone else's record, you never know. So I just knew that was a good song and I'm I'm so proud to to release it to the world, you know, as part of this of my new record. Well, that whole record just seems like a labor of love, man. It's awesome. It's good. It's cool. And I, uh, I hope, uh, everybody gets to hear it. At least, you know, my listeners will hear it and they just have, but, uh, you well, know. jump man, I'm so grateful for this time, man. Sure. Um, I'm glad we've been able to connect. Thank you for all the kind words. Sure. Uh, I love that, uh, you were there at that infamous NAMM show <laughs> in Listen, 1994. Was it 94? Wow. Yeah, ninety four, wow. brother. We were uh Tell give 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 our listeners the setup on that because I know this story and it's great and I'm I'm so glad that that you were actually remembering it because I know I was slightly. Uh, I, I remember it well, night. man. Yeah. All right, it was an it was an epic night yeah. and it was one we'll never forget. A but teeny brother little Kane. club in the back of the Hilton Hotel. There was a little bar that was back there called the Pulse Nightclub, and this band came up, and I went. I love that band. I know their song, Got No Shame. I don't know about this. And you guys came up on, on stage. Now, continue your story. You, you, you take it from there. Yeah, we went in there and played for uh, Gibson and Epiphone Guitars. We had just started a relationship with them, and they said, hey, do you guys want to play at NAMM? And we were like, we'd love to. I remember we're up there playing uh, you know, a bunch of songs off our record. We did a cover of Jailbreak, yep. by the way, by Thin Lizzy. And I remember Nico McBrain from Iron Maiden jumping on the table. And, you know, I'm looking at my guys going like, holy mackerel, man. (laughs) Nico, right? You know, like it was wild. So we're in the middle of some song, and we end the song. The place is going nuts. The Gibson guy calls me over. He goes, hey, Damon, Joe Walsh is here. He wants to get up and jam. And I just said, get him up here. Let's go. So Joe gets up there. And you quoted exactly what he said. To he goes, the crowd. "I really, I really like these guys, but then again, I hate them because they're younger than I am." <laughs> right, right, exactly. And he had on, and he had on his Davy Crockett yeah. coonskin coon hat. And he'd you been know, hanging out with with Lemmy. He'd been hanging out at a table like all night with Lemmy and John Entwistle. <laughs> right. Okay. This is where the story gets so hilarious. All right. We go into a blues cover. And so we play that, and we're soloing. And, you know, Joe was a bit of a mess, as he was a lot back in the early 90s. But it was all good, man. And so the Gibson guy calls me over again. Hey, Damon, John Entwistle's here. He wants to get up and jam, too. I'm like, get him up here. Let's go. This will be great. So here's where it gets pear-shaped a little bit, junk man. You, there's no way you would remember this, but I might. we go in. We go into Rocky Mountain Way, and we're playing it. So Entwistle comes up and plugs in his bass. He's got his tech, you know, to help him. He plugs in, and Entwistle just immediately falls into playing Rocky Mountain Way. Well, we're tuned a half a step down. (laughs) Entwistle's in standard tuning, and John, his mental state, let's just say... He was really amped up and having a great night. Plus, he's little... almost tone deaf, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, all, you know? all of the above is true. Yeah. So John couldn't tell that he was out of tune. So he is just laying into this Rocky Mountain way like his life depends on it. Walsh is in a, in a, in a rough way because he'd been drinking. So 
He can't really care. It's chaos. <laughs> it's total chaos. Nobody in the club cares. People are on the table nah. going nuts. Yeah. My drum, my drummer Scott Collier. I just, I, I'll never forget, man. He almost fell off his drum stool from laughing. We made eye contact in the middle of this debacle. <laughs> He's just like, "Oh my god, what a story, man!" For us to <laughs> so so. How wild! I get on the phone with you, brother. Literally twenty five years later, yeah. and the first thing you bring up is seeing us at the Nam show. Yeah, I wrote a again. I wrote an article. I I was for another website. I was I did a Nam review every year, and I remember being in the bar that night and doing that because. I really loved your band so much and the fact that you, I'm a huge Joe Walsh fan, a huge Who fan. And what happened after that was even bigger. I got a better story than that, but I'll have to tell you that another time because it's kind of a long story. But it's as important as that story is to you, this is important to me and it, for a whole other reason, too. So it was a magical right, well then that'll be That's, that's going to be in our follow-up connection, brother. I agree. I want to hear, hear that story. I agree. Um, but Jumpman, seriously, man, thank you for for all of this love for my you got new it, record. Man. You got Thanks it. for the kind words about Brother Kane. I'm so proud of that band and those songs. And sure, it's uh, it's fun for me now to get to revisit that whole catalog and play it whenever I want. And so we're having a great time, and I can't wait to bring the band out to the West Coast and and do a run of shows. It's going to happen sooner than you think. That's so get awesome. ready. Awesome. Ready for that. Uh, again, the record's called Memories of an Uprising. Um, let's, uh, let's play you out with another song, dude. Tell, you, tell us another uh, track to play, and we'll, we'll crank it. Oh, wow, brother. Thank you so much. I would like to play a song that has a bit of tempo to it. Uh, it's short and sweet. This is track number three. It's called Down on Me. Um, I, I got to give my man from Black Star Riders, Ricky Warwick, uh, a little credit here. Ricky's Ricky is a punk rock man, tried and true from the beginning. You know, his heart, he grew up in punk music. He is a punk. He writes like that, lives it. And, you know, he just turned me on to a lot of, lot of great music that I hadn't really been exposed to. So it's one of my great takeaways from my time in Black Star Riders with him. So, uh, I knew I wanted to have have a track on the record that featured some of that energy, and that's exactly what Jim and I came up with this track. Down on me is track number three. Well, it sounds good to me, man. Let's go crank it up. It's Junk Band Radio. Again, thanks to you, uh, Damon Johnson, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hang on the line there just for a second, my friend. You got it, man. All right. Junk Band Radio, crank this up. Brand new. It's called Down on Me from Damon Johnson from Memoirs of an Uprising. Here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sam out. I said, hey, I see his silhouette. He's coming through my door. Oh, yeah. I said, hey, I feel like a fool. So many secrets within yours. Yeah. I tell them. 
Junkman Radio. That's right, brand new from Damon Johnson. Hope you liked that one, man. That was cool. Uh, my thanks to Damon Johnson for calling in. Uh, you, again, the record is called Memoirs of an Uprising. You can find it at uh, any fine record sellers. and <laughs> um, Records coming out. I do believe it's been released. I, I really forgot to ask him on that. But, uh, again, my thanks for calling in and uh, talking to us all about the record. Go see him when he, uh, he plays at a town near you. DamonJohnson.com. It's just that simple. As he said, 